Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? You are tuned into another episode of Access Granite. Your boy, Mr. Antoine, is in the building. I was literally about to go to a plan B and start playing this, this real dope KRS One live video that I saw. And literally, just as I was about to click go live, this beautiful young lady hopped in the, the green room. And so now I don't have to go to plan B. I can go straight to my sister who's in the building. <laughs> What's going on, sis? Oh yeah, you got the glare. Fly, flyness, flyness personified as always. Thank you so much. I am happy to be here. Oh, oh. it's been a long day. So it has, and 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 it's crazy, L, because I, I hit you up and I was like, it's been a minute. I mean, we done, we probably gone through about four or five ceasefires since the last time, and maybe more than that since the last time. If it's been more than a year. Yeah, it's been wet. Yeah, and we we might have gone through like eight ceasefires. Yeah, because um, if I'm not mistaken, you never came to the station on Bel-Air Road with me. No, no, I was, I was, I, I had not had the pleasure. And you weren't at the station in Arbuta, so we were probably in Middle River at WMSK the last time. So we're talking like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that was a few gray hairs ago. That yeah. was that was some some COVID pounds ago. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna stomp you on your pinky toe if you ever stay away that that long again. <laughs> you know, you know, sis been grinding. She been, been. I I feel I feel like I've been through a personality overhaul though. Like I'm really? not. Yeah, I'm not anything <laughs> like I used to be uh, since 2019. I mean, yeah. is that is that anything you care to get into? You care to oh, share? Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm open book. I'm, I'm you know, right, and so, I answer. So we'll get to that. But look, this is how I wanted to start because oh, this is going to die. So I remember um, some years ago when you had myself and a couple of members on that were uh, in a play yes. that I was on. You had us on your show. And I remember you giving us a real fun, like multiple choice test of some stuff. And so, hey, Jamey, what's going on, sis? Real cold Baltimore in the building. Um, I wanted to start tonight's show off with a, with a couple of Q&As for you. Okay. Real, real fun, real simple. I'm Just to, uh, Yeah. Let's go. All right. So, and I think you asked me a question similar to this. Um, Coffee or tea, and if it's tea, tea which flavor? If it's tea. creamer, if it's coffee, which uh, which flavor creamer would you prefer? No, nah, I'm a tea gal. I, I'm, my body can't handle the caffeine that's in coffee. I can't do that. I'm gonna be a different person if I'm drinking coffee. So definitely gotcha. tea. Okay. Um, I like hibiscus tea, okay. and I have to have lemon in my tea. Have to have lemon. I try to avoid sugar in my tea, um, so I gotta have honey. Oh, hibiscus. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's from a flower. It's it's a and it's an acquired taste. If 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 it's not something that you know, if you're a black tea drinker, you might see yeah. it out the first time. You, yeah, you uh, I got you. 
Gotcha. Macquarie. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, favorite color. So my favorite color has changed. Um, I am leaning towards turquoise. Um, I love turquoise. It's, um, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It do something to me when I see it. Um, yellow is another one of my favorite colors, which is interesting because back in the 90s, I hated yellow. That's, that's my wife's favorite color. Yeah, yeah. Um, orange, I've um, gotten, um, I've, I've grown very, very fond of orange. Um, so like those three, those three are my, like they're my top colors. Okay. Favorite comfort food? Pasta. Whew. Pasta. That's how. That's how. I, that's how. That's how I went from a size four to a size six. I'm not at you. Bread and the, the 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 Alfredo and the scampi and just all of it. All of I it. I am not mad at you at all. Yes, I am a I'm a pasta lover. I can do spaghetti, lasagna, yes. scampi, any yes. you know, yeah. rigatoni, pancake, like shells. Yeah, any any kind of yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the one that I was really interested in. So I want two MCs and two singers that would form your Baltimore only super group. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so two singers and two MCs. Um, oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. All right, so MCs. I'm gonna go with Easy Jackson. That would be one. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a toss up between um, Miss Kitty and Adonna Black. They sound powerful femcs. Powerful. Yeah. So it would be they would be my they would be my um my my MCs singers. Ooh. Jonathan Gilmore comes to mind because Jonathan, Jonathan just got like this, he got like this crooner slash church slash yeah. soul slash yeah. like he yeah that brother can with a little with a little dash of swag on top. Listen, he got yeah, he got yeah. he got he got it, the swag is sprinkled all across yeah. the top. That yeah. brother can blow. Um and I don't know why my mind is drawn away because I can picture the woman singing. I can picture her singing. Um, uh, ah, we can pass. We can pass. You well, pass. you know what? No, I'm a. I'm a go with. I'm. I'm a go with. She's not even here in Baltimore anymore. Um, her name is April Sanpei. Oh yeah. I'm going with April because April. Sis got some lungs on her. She, she can, she can, and she's an entertainer. She, I, think yeah. I, I think I still have one of uh, April's albums on my on my phone that I used to yeah. listen to on a regular. Yeah. I knew I knew Easy was going to be a part of that though. Mm -hmm. I, I knew Easy was going to be a part of that. All right, and so it's not. It's, I'm gonna tell you just like real. It's it's kind of <laughs> not fair to just do four. I know why we do. I know. I know. I know. It's I didn't want you to do a whole Wu Tang Clan because then you would I have mean, to. You know, we more. I'm gonna put together uh, the. <laughs> it's, 
everybody, but it's people gonna be in there. Yeah. 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 I was I was expecting I was expecting to hear Shinier in that. Okay. Um okay. and Miss Kitty is definitely the surprise. It's but Miss Kitty is a monster. I remember when I first met her, um my buddy, shout out to my man Last Born Child, he put together a cipher. Yeah. Um, and it was right up here off of Bel Air Road, not too far from where I live, um, at uh Voice. The go getters, uh, dark okay. spot. yeah, yeah. And I just remember, I mean, Kitty was like three hours late in of true course. Kitty fashion, <laughs> but I remember when she walked in, I was like, Yo, who is this chick that looked like she just left the club and who is she mm-hmm. here? With? And like five minutes later, she got on the mic, and I was like, Oh, she give you head to toe. Yeah. And, and she's lyrical, which is interesting because yeah. her daughter's name is lyrical, but she yeah. is um, lyrical in a way that, and it's again between her and Adonna Black, because Adonna Black is lyrical. That I'll have she, to check her out because I don't think I've I don't think I've heard anything of Adonna. I have to check her out. She's lyrical and 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 you know thoughtful and and insightful and introspective. Um, Kenny wrote the Baltimore Girls theme song. Mm. Um, and Adonna wrote another, it wasn't like the official theme song, but it was like Al, you know, when we were doing Baltimore Girls, it was like Al thing. And yeah, yeah, the two sisters are musically amazing. So if you started your own show today, give me a bucket list of three people that you would have to interview. That is, that's, see, this is where we're going to go left. Because <laughs> this is where I am very different from who I was before. Because when I first started doing um, rap sessions and radio, um, there was I had this curiosity about people, and I just really wanted to get to know, like know people and find out who people were, and like ask them, you know, basic questions and other mm-hmm. questions. And yeah. now I'm just like, okay, y'all cute. I don't, I don't want <laughs> nobody. I don't, I'm not interested in, in getting to know people as much anymore. People kept telling me like, yo, you need to come back to radio. You need to come back to radio. And I was like, eh, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. I think, I think I asked you that a long time ago and you definitely showed 0.09% interest. And so, and then, you know, people talk about, talk about doing a podcast and I know, so for people who say, you know, if it's something that you're good at, if it's something that you're gifted, if it's space where you're gifted, it doesn't matter that the market is saturated. There is a lane for you. And while I understand and respect that, a lot of it just sounds like noise to me now. Mm. And so there is something deep on the inside of me that's like, it, and it just keep whispering, like, don't contribute to the noise. Mm. Don't and I don't know whether or not that that thing is a thing that's keeping me from my greatness or if it's wisdom. I don't know which one of the two of them. I just yeah. know that whenever I entertain the idea, because we even talk about doing a ceasefire podcast where we would you know, the same thing, highlight people who were doing amazing things, um, talk to people who have lost their loved ones, like though, and 
the idea came and I was like, somebody else gonna have to do it. I just mm. like, I can't, I can't find whatever that thing is to get me over the hump to actually do it. I can't find it no more. Hmm. I can definitely relate to that. I can understand. I can understand. Um, because it was, it was kind of part of the reason that I left radio initially. And, um, that didn't last long. Right, right. No, 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 no. You definitely. Hey, Miss Cecily. That's the wife saying, "Hey, <laughs> yeah." I yeah see because you. um, I had stepped down from the radio, um, like literally just as the pandemic started. Like I think my, I think my last show was like March the fourteenth. Yep, and then that following Monday, the world was shut down. <laughs> yeah. uh, because that following week, we started working from home, so it was mm -hmm. literally at that time. Yeah, and um. By like November, I was like, oh, yo, I gotta talk to somebody. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And you were just like you were just getting started. You were getting your feet wet. And so like the enthusiasm that you had about it, I understand like pausing it, but this is something that this is something that like tickles you down on the inside and gets like your soul like so like i can't see you walking away from it but for so long like i, I it's just like no i'm gonna figure out a way how to do it it might not look exactly the same but like i gotta talk to my people i found a way i come down in my basement i know that's right <laughs> sit in front of my kobe picture right with a cup of whatever that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking this about is what I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't have I just, the, but I, I definitely understand because if, if you don't, if you don't have the passion, if you don't have that something that makes you kind of want to, you know, just go for it. Yeah. You're not going to give it your best. And, and I can't so, do it just because people want to Like people were like, oh, you're going to be the next Oprah. No, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> you're going to do, and, and, and that's not to say that I'm not, I do. I was just thinking about this a little earlier like I, there is a there is a spark inside of me that i can tell that i'm 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 there are great things that i am going to continue to accomplish like it's not that i'm going to sit down about anything um when i when i figure out what that thing is i'm going to hit the ground running like I'm a, it's, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hit the ground running. I'm a take off. I'm a soar, and there's going to be just, and nobody is going to be surprised. Mm. I just, it, it, it has to be the right thing. Like I've turned into so much more of an introvert. It's wow. That's it's crazy. Wild. That's it's crazy. Wild. To hear you say that is crazy. Yeah. To hear you yeah. say that is crazy because the Ellen G that I know is yeah that, was a super extrovert like I'm, I'm yeah and and now it's it's like there's a there's a there's something that's telling me to preserve my energy mm. you know preserve um things that are sacred to me and figure out how to give them to the world in a way where I don't leave drained. 
where I don't leave depleted, where I don't leave aggravated and resentful. And so I feel I'm not, I don't think like I'm in a cocoon right now. I do know that I'm in a space of like rest and reprieve. Because <laughs> I'll go to work and come home and I have to, t- I have to, I have to tell myself sometimes like go outside. You, you gotta go outside, get some sun, get some like, it's, and I'll be like, well, it's people out there. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> It's you don't want to people today. You, you mm-hmm. don't want to people today. Mm-hmm. I, feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So I've I've had the the pleasure of chopping it up with you in this format quite a few times. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought about L is that I've never gotten like the LNG story, so to speak, and I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. The LNG that's written down in front of you right now, and I'm talking about like the L period, N period, G period story. Um, okay. of your, you know, your 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 Baltimoreness, and you know, you're born and raised this here. So, give me the honor of, of getting a little bit of the background because our story didn't start until '95. Right, right, yeah. So I know that there was a lot more, you know, going on before yeah. that. So give me a little. I don't care if anybody else doesn't want to know. Right, right, right. We we talking right now. We talking. Um, South One in South Baltimore, um, a neighborhood called Fairfield. Uh, It actually doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. The end of Patasco Avenue on the other side of the bridge. I used to live there. Did you? Maybe that's where we know each other from. That makes so much sense. I I lived in Fairfield Projects, and my first job was the Wendy's on Patasco Avenue. We just solved the mystery <laughs> that we could not figure out for 27, 28 years. Yes. Hey, Puddin, what's up, sis? Oh, yes, my that is the answer to okay. the mystery. So I want to say, so now I got to give you, I got to give you a time. I want to say, oh, I can tell you exactly. I was living in Fairfield when Lynn Bias died. What year was that? Um, I'm getting ready to. I'm getting ready to pull okay. that now to, to give a uh, um a frame of reference. Um, okay. Uh, yes. 1986. So I was probably there from like 84 to 86. Okay, and we moved. I was actually. I was actually catching the bus from there all the way to Walbrook. Listen, I was catching the bus from there to to Roland Park. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was up at the the ass crack of dawn, catching the yes. sixty four, yes. down to the sixty one, yes. going all the way to Rolling Park. Yes. Wow. Ooh, okay. So, so you, so you know my route. That that solves the mystery that I've always asked. Where the hell do I know this girl yeah. from? Because it's always felt like we. Yeah, like we knew each other before. Like, yeah. like I, don't, I know you from somewhere, but I don't know exactly. Yeah. So there you go. In yeah, fact, yeah. I, yeah. my townhouse, look, my townhouse was directly across the street from the little multi-purpose center thing. Oh, for real? Basketball court. I lived in that yeah. corner house. I lived in that corner house. Yep. Somebody shot through my window, <laughs> sitting on the steps, and they almost killed my brother. My, my, oh, my I wasn't going at the time. 
and my little brother was probably like five, six maybe, and was literally just standing in the window facing the steps of that building. Yeah. And my mother said no more than 10 seconds after he walked away, that bullet came through the window. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so we. Okay. I love you forever now. You, you. I mean, we 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 are F and F. Um, I was, Is that around the time frame that you were out there as well? I was there from seventy four to eighty eight. Wow, that's exactly yeah. that's definitely where we know yeah. each other. I was there seventy four to eighty eight. We moved December eighty eight um, up on um, Bel Air Road near Moravia, and I stayed east. Um, did all of my teens and early 20s east and then ended up um west baltimore monroe and saratoga um and then moved um to reservoir street sort of reservoir hill area and then ended like saint sandtown and then irvington so you sound like me. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely was a. I was. I was because I. I because I. It. I. Even though I was. Um. Um, I'll say intellectually mature. Mm -hmm. I was naive because, like, growing up in Fairfield, we were isolated from the the whole rest of the city. Absolutely. And so a lot of stuff that people knew about things that people were privy to. I, I feel like growing up there, like sheltered me from a lot of different things. Um, some in good ways, some in ways that once I finally did get into the city, like I was, okay, so I was working, I had my, my very first job working at McDonald's on Baltimore Light Street. And I was working there because I was being wrong, hooking school, and got put out of Mervo. And my mother was like, "Well, if you want to be grown, then you gonna have to figure you gonna have to figure this money stuff out." So, the, my boyfriend at the time, his sister was like a shift lead there, and so I was like, "Can you ask your sister to get me a job?" And he was like, "I can tell her to talk to the manager." So she went talk to the manager. I interviewed. It was a white woman named Belinda. Um, Belinda interviewed me, hired me on the spot. I started working there. My first check was seventy-seven dollars. I was making three dollars. Trying to take it for my seventy-seven. When one said that, I fell out because I was like, "That's exactly how much my first paycheck was." Trying to get me for my seventy-seven. And there was this, you know, working, um, you know, we right there by the inner harbor, and it was this guy, you know, guys and girls mm -hmm. used to come in there. And this guy came, he used to speak all the time. And he was like, um, and he wasn't trying to hit on me or nothing. He was like, we should go to the movies. And I was like, all right, <coughs> that's cool. I'm green, like emerald green. <laughs> like, um, my homeboy got to hook up, he worked at the, he worked at the movie theaters. He got the he got the hookup on the tickets so we can um walk to it was a flag house project he's like we can walk over there and um, get the tickets because he got these um um coupons for like free food and all this other stuff so i'm walking over there with him and he was like i gotta go up in the building um oh. your money i'll be right back i gave him my ten dollars and I stood there for like six minutes and I was like, 
not coming, Vic. He just took my And then, so that, like, the epiphany of what happened, and I was like, oh, he was getting high. And he took my money <laughs> and went up in the building. And so I just, I, you know, turned around and I left. And I had, I don't know that I've seen him since then. But, like, stuff like that, that used to happen to me because I... I was like, why would why would people lie? Like, what what reason do they have to? Meanwhile, people lie about all kinds of stuff, and so yeah. So that was that was um, that was um. So let me tell let me let me tell you let me tell you. I had a guy one day down by Old Town Mall come up to me and ask me if I had change for a twenty. Mm-hmm. I had change for a twenty on me. I gave him the change for the twenty. And he gave me a folded up, a bill that was folded up in three sections. And it was a $20, on a, cutoff, a cutoff $20 on, mm-hmm. a, on the top. And I swear to you, by the time I opened that up and realized that that sucker gave me a dollar and, right. me, and turned to go back to look at him, he was he gone. Was it, was like he, it was like he vanished in the air. Yeah. Yeah, so they want, they want that was like one of those lessons that I'm sure you learned from the ten dollars giving it to the brother going up in the projects. Like, yeah, yeah. If, so, if I would have said that out loud to anybody that I was working with, they'd be like, "Girl, you dumb. What are you doing? Don't go with him." And I'm because he would come in there all the time, and there were people who would come in there. Wombat. That's how I met Wombat. So Wombat knows me because he used to come in that McDonald's all the time and would speak and how you doing and and so like yeah i and i used to be in that mcdonald's quite a bit so i might have gotten the you know you, you i'm sure you have i worked there I, I worked there through i was 16 when i started working there i left after i had my daughter when i was 18 so we was there i was there for a while that's crazy i'm still yeah. tripping off this fairfield connection yeah right? I'm actually not surprised. Like now that I now that I think about it, I'm not surprised because when I worked at the state office building, when we both worked there together, I knew I was like, I don't know him from school. I don't know him from like it's not from like McDonald, like it's not from that. Like it gotta be from somewhere way back. We knew we knew that we had been around each other and just more than passing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and Fairfield was that neighborhood that you knew every like if you didn't know somebody, I don't know who they are. Absolutely. And like you said, it was it was so isolated from yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. That, that ride down Patapsco Avenue felt like you were going to another city. Listen, <laughs> Listen and I fell asleep one day on the bus coming home. You know how sometimes the bus would so it would it would go into it would stop and it would go into a loop and then sometimes it would go further down and i just happened to be on a bus i fell asleep was on the bus one day and it um went to the terminal and i must I'm, i probably was in the sixth grade scared out of my mind I'm crying on the bus because I don't know where I am. I can't get off the bus because the bus is stopped. The bus driver is taking his break. And I'm like, I don't know where I am. And the bus driver saw me crying. 
And he was like, the bus is going to um, loop around and loop back around and you'll be able to get off. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I have a, have I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of fair stories. Most of them are bad. So I'm sure. I'm <laughs> most, sure. Most of I'm them sure. are bad. Did you ever go to the truck stop to get the fries oh, with gravy on them? Absolutely. Yeah. And climb up the cold hill. I, I, I um, I messed up so many shoes climbing up that day on cold hill. My brothers, my brother, brother, yeah, because I only had one. I had a brother that went to the little elementary school that was behind there. And yeah. Um, we were like back in that little neighborhood going towards the school. It felt like we were gonna get lynched or we were gonna get robbed. Yeah, we were, yeah. Yeah. Always oh, like something just, yeah. That's 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 dope. Yeah. That's dope. So at, at what point did you start to just like develop this I wanna make a difference? Um mindset. Probably around two thousand nine. I think two thousand nine. So two thousand four was a turning point for me. Um, because that was when I realized that I needed to get my mental health together. So I was married at the time, was terrorizing. <laughs> and I say that I laugh about it now, but like, it wasn't funny at the time. It was really, really bad. Um, terrorized my, um, ex-husband and he was just like, yo, you need some help. You need some help. And I'm like, you need help. And he's like, bro, yeah. like, some help. And so I started going to therapy. And, and I feel was, like that's the nice version of the way that you said that to him as well. I, he listen, it was <laughs> it was bad. Like I just I just got a hold of my emotions. And when I say a hold, I mean in a way where they don't run my life like three years ago. Mm. Just got so going to therapy realizing okay i am the common denominator in all of the bs that's going on in my life and so i have to begin to take responsibility and i will say to people anybody that's listening y'all heard me say that i started therapy in 2004 and it was three years ago that i feel like i just like got a hold of my emotions where they not puppeting me around and making me do stuff and so I say to people all the time that the process of change and growth and evolution is, and I was aggressive about it. Like I had all the self-help books and I was going to um, 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 group therapy meetings and all that stuff. And it still took me that long. And so- talking like 15 years. Yes, yes. And even now still today, like I am, I am different than what I was because of intention and with the wrong triggers, I can easily revert back to like, it's a lot of work to stay present in the version of myself that, that I am today. Mm. It's, it's a, it is. And it's sometimes exhausting work because people are used to me being a certain kind of way. And because people are used to be being that, that way, whether they realize they're doing it or not, they try to bring the old version of me out. And I'm like, I'm not responding like that. 
I'm not responding in that way anymore. And because change is hard on both the person making the change and the person witnessing the change, the person witnessing the change, looking at me like this is unfamiliar to me. No, you got to show me the up. You got to show me what I know. And I'm like, well, what you know is toxic. You sure you want to see that? And they like, but it's what's familiar to me. Um, so that's a weird dance in and of itself. Um, and I start back to therapy tomorrow. Well, so funny that you gave that timeline because it was probably about that time when you used to go to work and go live every morning. And I used to be on your live almost every morning. And I remember looking at you and saying, this is a kinder, gentler Ellen. This yeah. is a kinder, gentler Ellen. Yeah, a little less sassy, a little, you know, yeah. it's a little, a little, little calm down a little bit. Um, but the the catalyst, you the question that you asked me was about the catalyst for um, change and wanting to help people. It started with me beginning the process of healing myself and i wanted to share that with the world i'm like okay like i've i've been through enough um and i have and some of it was my conditioning some of it is genetic trauma that was passed down that's been passed down for generations in my family um that i had to make myself aware of so that i could do something about it some of it was social conditioning you know society telling women who we can and can't be and what we should and should not be and all of the different ways that i tried to resist that so i literally took my own life and i was like all right well i'm gonna start doing rap sessions so i'm gonna bring women together so that we can sit and talk and you know, iron some things out and bounce stuff off of one another. And I kept talking about it. And men were like, well, we want to come. And I'm like, okay, I remember come. you talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's just for women. Um, and I was like, all right, okay. Well, y'all can come, but y'all can't say nothing. And then so men came and they wasn't saying nothing. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to make one for y'all where everybody can come and everybody can talk. And that was, it was beautiful. And from that, that's how I started the radio show. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to take, and it didn't translate well at all. I thought I was going to take the rap sessions and bring it to the radio. And that's not how radio works at all. Um, right. And so even the show, The Evolution of Perspective, ended up evolving into, because I started meeting all kinds of people. So you never know who you're in the room with. And one of the things that, was very important to me was to know that like who am I in the room with listening to people's stories listening to their full experience and I'm like other people need to know about this other people should know who you are and that's how I started interviewing people on the radio show um and then it's it's difficult for somebody like me to be around people who are doing positive things and good work and to not get involved like that's because right. i want to help i'm like oh i like that i want to i should i should be doing it like yes that should that should be something that i should be a part of yeah. um and so it was just a natural progression 
And even though like I don't feel like I am a typical Baltimore girl that has had typical Baltimore experiences. Um, I love my city. Absolutely. And like I see spiritually what has happened to Baltimore. I see politically what has happened to Baltimore. I see racially what has happened to Baltimore. And I know, like, it's not, I have no aspirations to try to save the city. Like, that's not, that's not something that I want to do. But I do want to remind people here that, like, we get to decide who we want to be to one another. You know, we, we get to decide whether or not with the information, because out of context, all you see is somebody who looks like you and socially you've been conditioned to hate yourself. So of course you want to hate people who look like you. Socially, we've been hearing this narrative for centuries that we are invisible, unimportant, that we don't matter, that we are disposable, that we are troublesome, that we are um, a burden. And how often, well, how can people succeed if that's the messaging that's always coming down on them? And you don't even realize that that's the messaging that you're getting. Right, because you're so used to it. It's just like right. waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth. Exactly. Yeah. And so in that context, I'll, I'll use my experience as a black woman. I wasn't raised to look at other black women immediately as my sisters. Like that wasn't the way that I was raised. I was socialized to see other women as competition for men. That's the way that I was socialized. And so a lot of the decisions that I made was based in that socialization. Now, take that and apply it to black men who have been taught that they are not valuable, that they're not worth anything, that they are less than, that they are not important, they are not worthy. And you see another black man and violence and aggression have been sold to you as power. So if I feel powerless, the first thing that I'm going to do is turn against myself. The next thing that I want to do is turn against people who look like me. And so when people say like, I don't understand, I, I just, I, I see it so plainly that it, I the the same way that I get up in the morning and I look in my I look in the mirror and I see my face like that's how plainly I see the issues that we're dealing with, and it's not always easy for me to articulate it because because it's just so plain to me. It's like yeah, of course they will be killing each other because they don't they have when have they been taught to value themselves? So if you haven't been taught to value, if you've actually been taught to devalue yourself, then 
of, of course you want to devalue people who look like you. Right. We have cognitive impairments. We have environmental impairments. We have psychological impairments. We have all of these things that have happened to us intentionally. And so, yeah, it makes sense to me that the stuff that's happening is happening. Like it, because one plus one equals two. So now we have to change the one and the one so that we can get a different two. And that's not always easy because remember, it took me 15 years. Yeah. And you're starting again. And I'm starting all over again. Yeah. But I want to, so. All of that would be like the perfect segue into the Baltimore ceasefire, but I feel like I've Baltimore ceasefire the hell out of you and most of our <laughs> You can ask but, me anything. You no, can but you mentioned the word power and I was about to go there because when I look at you now, and this has been my mindset for years now, when I look at you, when I look like when I look at a sister like you wanted to shout out to Erica. Um you know, my sister putting us on. Um, I see power in black women. So my question to you is when did you receive the power, if that makes sense? So when did you when did you feel like you had gotten to a point where you overcame enough that you actually were able to take some of your power back? Because I don't think you ever really lost it all. But at some point, you had to start taking that power back. When do you feel like you started to take yours back? It was it was when I started going to therapy. It was back in two thousand four. That that was the that was the the turning point. Um, I say to people all the time that I I like when I think about who I am today and all of the things that I've been through. It is hard for me to regret anything. Um. Mm-hmm. And even when I was married, like that was a hard thing because that man put a mirror up to me and he did it in a way where I couldn't deny what I was looking at anymore. And it takes courage to strip down and really like really look at yourself and be like, all right, okay, it's not it's me like not in a uh you know what a, a, a um a, a damning way but like all right like i okay so if i created all of this mm. with that socialization those mental health issues that you know those traps and all of that other stuff imagine what i can create once I like, I start shedding that stuff, and I really start standing in who I am as a person, as a woman, as a human being. Like, it the sky is the limit, and so that that's what that was because I realized how powerful I was in my destruction. So I'm like, if I'm powerful in that, like, ooh, when I you know when I flip that around. That's gonna be that's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And and the dope thing that you said was that you realized at some point that you were the common denominator in everything that goes on. And I have people on 
on Facebook, women on Facebook, black women on Facebook that hate me because when they get on Facebook talking about this, all men ain't this, all men ain't that, da 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 and you telling me like you had like, <laughs> you know, four boyfriends this year and we're only halfway through the month of July, you know, um, I just always put in the comment section that at some point, when do you stop and do a self-evaluation? When do you stop and look in the mirror and say, what is it about me that are causing me to attract these men that ain't shit? So I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna say two things. Okay, One, sure. yes, yes to what it is that you're saying, and and two. Um, this is something that I was I'm talking to my my 20 year old, trying to get her to understand about dating, mating, relating, and and yeah. all that. It's been my experience that women have been socialized from a very young age to be relationship oriented. So all of the stories, all of the narratives, all of the everything that we get is get a man, find a man, keep a man. Yeah. You, know, you are defined by who you're in a relationship with. So that informs yeah. a woman serial dating, serial relationship, serial monogamy for me. Like that put, puts that in that context. Men have not been socialized to be relationship oriented. Absolutely. They've been socialized to, you know, value their friendships, to value their connections with other men, to value their autonomy, their ability to do. And yeah, a relationship is somewhere in the back of their mind, but it's not in the forefront like it is with women. And so what I see is this, you got the woman coming, full-fledged relationship on her mind. And you got a man who is like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing a relationship thing, but like, you ain't got to put it in my face like that. Like, calm down. Like, I got, you know, it's other women out here. It's other, like, and, and, and. And we just met yesterday. <laughs> And we just met yesterday. So if all my life I've been socialized as a heterosexual woman to believe that my identity is wrapped up in my relationship, guess what I'm going to always be pursuing? Relationships. I'm always going to be looking for a man because that's the thing that I've heard. Oh, she can't keep a man. What's wrong with her? She's beautiful, but she can't keep no man. Like it's a... And... And so, and I cannot ignore, I cannot ignore that black men, in my experience, don't usually want to settle down until they in their 30s and 40s. Like they, and some of them later than that. And so you have women in their 20s and 30s who are like that's their thing like i got i want to have babies i want to be somebody's wife i want to and the men are like i mean you come stay tonight but like all right okay all right you done weaseled your way into okay all right you can have a key all right it's not so i so i understand why there's always this clash 
because until we either socialize women the way that we socialize men or socialize men the way that we socialize women, our priorities are not ever going to match. If y'all tell me in your 20s, no, you, you're not supposed to have a whole phase. You're supposed to be in a committed relationship. But you tell my counterpart in their 20s, you're supposed to have as much fun as you possibly can. We're not ever going to be on the same page. Right. Ever. Like, it is impossible to be on the same page because we've been socialized differently. And um, and, and so, yes, women are responsible for the men that they pick and men would do women a, 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 they would do them a solid if they did not engage with them because men know what they want like yeah. you, you you know whether or not that's that this is somebody who you want to deal with if she not what you looking for like just don't don't entertain her for sex don't entertain her for company don't entertain her for anything because she is of the mind like no 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 this is a relationship we was we are we we are doing this so that we can get to a certain point and that's why i'm entertaining you mm-hmm. um but it is is it's complicated yeah. it's complicated that's another whole show actually it's a whole nother show it's a whole other show but I, I i appreciate and respect your perspective um and as you and as you were saying that it made a lot more sense to me but at the same time we still got some ratchets out here that just i mean there's some women out here that just you know the women was you know they, they believe that the relationship is going to they it's the the disney thing the once i find a man i'm gonna live happily ever after yeah. and i tell my daughter now you better find happiness outside your relationship because yeah. even if your relationship lasts forever you still need to be happy outside of your relationship yeah, and and those are the ones that I'm referring to when I say that they're usually on social media, you know, every day, you know. Da, 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 da. All men suck. All men, you know. Da, 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 da. Well, all the men that they they come in contact with do so. Exactly, and that's why I said. And then at that point, you have to realize that yeah, that's about you, you know. Yeah, because energy does meet yeah, itself definitely. where it is. Definitely. And that's 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 hard to accept too. Um, that the 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 pers- the people that you are around are can be a reflection of you. And it's not all. It's like sometimes water meets itself at its level. But we're not going. We're not going to act like there are not men and women out here who are not preying on somebody because they realize that that person is vulnerable like it's a and 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 because i've seen it happen and it has happened to me that a person you you think that you're doing something good by wearing your heart on your sleeve not realizing that there are people going around looking for people with hearts on their sleeves so that they can take advantage of them and that's like that right there was enough for me to be like, mm, 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 mm. 
Okay. All right. That's enough of that. I, woo! <laughs> let me let me cover this thing up a little bit. Let me be a little bit more protective of myself. Like I can't be out there, you know, so so desperate for companionship. Yeah. Mm. I, I think we're all, you know, guilty of both sides at you know at, at, at given times growing up. But that's the you know, you live and you learn and yes. you know, hopefully evolve. Yes. From that, that's the that's the important thing. Is that and not too late, and not do too much damage. Yeah. Not do too much. Especially to yourself. Well, so. to yourself and to others, because there are. You can't apologize for everything. Yeah. <laughs> there are going to be people who do not forgive you for the stuff that you've done, and so. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but okay, because that. All right. Ooh, that's going way too deep. <laughs> Automotive seat flyer. <laughs> Let's talk about it because I believe we have a weekend coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Five year anniversary of the first time that we called the ceasefire, the first weekend in August um, this year. Um, it is, it's coming up. It's, oh, is it less than a, it's less than a month. It is less than a month. Hold on. Three weeks. August 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, okay, so, so, yeah. um, it's, it's, uh, so what we ask people to do for ceasefire weekend, you know, obviously come get the flyers and posters, put the flyers and posters in places where it's visible. Um, we make them available to people. They can come to the mediation center to get them. The mediation center is 3333 Greenmount Avenue. Um, but we've arranged with Enoch Pratt library. So like the main library branch downtown, has ceasefire flyers and posters and some other branches so you can contact the library to find out where um but flyers and posters plan what we call life affirming events so life affirming means what I, because the ceasefire movement is a self-determination movement we don't tell people what to do well the only thing that we ask for people to do is to not be violent like just don't do that um but if you so, for example, for some people, life affirming means staying your ass in the house because you know you beefing with somebody. You you know you told that boy that it was going to be on site, and so it's staying in the house. For others, it it might be um, you know throwing a block party, might be having a cookout with your family. It could be a resource fair. It could be like it could be literally anything and if people are looking for opportunities to plan events where people know about what's going on, the ceasefire weekend is a really good weekend to do that because we, whenever people send us events for the weekend, we put it on our public calendar and the news looks on our calendar to see places where they can go to talk to people about the things that they're doing. Um, and so this Huh. I'm sorry to cut you, but I've been very impressed at the way that the news has kind of. That was intentional. Yeah, it was intentional. And, yeah. And really make sure that they show coverage. Um, we had this idiot that used to be the Baltimore police commissioner by the name of Ed Norris. And he has a show on 105.7 The Fan called The Big Bad Morning Show, which I listen to uh, most 
mornings if I'm in the car. And he said that the Baltimore ceasefire was the most ridiculous idea <coughs> he ever heard of. And I really wanted to pull up on Ed Norris. Like, I, that's how, like, now, I literally, I was. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me explain. So, let me explain something. So this is something that we we learned very early in the movement. And it's something yeah. that we, um, it's, what, it's what we live by. Um, people have had journeys and experiences that have led them to believe the things that they believe, regardless of whether those things are supportive or if they are toxic. And so for me, it is that that type of conversation is rooted in a few things. One of those things is hopelessness. And so you see people in the city trying to do something, regardless of whether you think that it's a good thing or not, you see people trying to do something and your response to that is that you don't like it. You're entitled not to like it. You know, we I tell people all the time, the ceasefire does not have to be the thing that you support. There are literally thousands of other things that are going on in Baltimore City that are trying to change the trajectory and the narrative and the culture in the city that you can support. Now, if you don't support any of those things, then to me, okay, you might maybe you just being toxic for the sake of being toxic. And at the same time, it's not my job to convince you why it's a good thing. It's not my job to convince you why you should support it. I want you, if you think it's dumb, talk about why you think it's dumb. Because guess what? You're talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what he did not do. That ticked me off so much. Like, okay, bro, so you were the commissioner and, you know, the city it's was easy to judge. It's, no, it's, the city. it's cheap and easy to judge. Like there are I have I have to even even with everything that I just said to you, I see things, I see people doing stuff, and I have to catch myself yeah. from being like, okay, that's not gonna work. It's not that's not that my opinion of it. It's just important to me, but it's neither here nor there. This man just happens to have a platform, and I'm gonna tell you something. Cause I know I, I know media tricks, and the ceasefire is one of the quote unquote darling movements in the city. So when you say something negative about the ceasefire, people come running to defend it. So it's a, it's a it's if you want to talk trash about it, it's a real good way to get people fired up. And that's how you get your ratings up and that's how you get attention and that's how you, you know so like and not and because i'm not inside of him i don't know what his motivation is it could be hopelessness it could be because he knows and understands if i talk trash about this movement i'm gonna have people calling into my show and now my show is high you know what i mean like so you know bro do what you do i don't give a damn i'm gonna still do work so absolutely Brother Wharton is in the building. What's up, Darnell? Um, shout out to my sis, Marie Muzon. She says, I love what the ceasefire stands for. Continue doing good and positive in the city, whether others 
are or not. They normally have something ignorant to say because they didn't think of it first. At least we are out here. Yeah, Maria's amazing. She does amazing work in the city. Yeah. She does amazing work. <laughs> and and speaking of amazing work, uh, I want to talk about the amazing work that you are doing as the <coughs> deputy director. Deputy director at Community Mediation Program Inc., also known as Baltimore Community Mediation Center. Um, yes. I've been there for ten months almost. And um, we've been around for almost 30 years, helping people to resolve conflict in ways that stick. I guess there's a, so imagine you and I have a conflict brewing. We agree to sit down at the table to talk about it. So like, that's the best, that's the first, like getting people to the table. Cause people got 101 reasons about why they don't want to come to the table. It's like, okay, all right. But you can just come to the table. We sit people down at the table with two highly skilled, some of the best trained mediators, not only in the state of Maryland, but in, in the in the country. And those mediators are there to listen, to reflect, to make sure that everybody at the table feels heard and understood because the science when people feel heard and understood in their conflict, they're more likely to resolve. So I'm sitting at a table, so I agree to come and, and, and talk to you about is something going on and I don't really know exactly what's happening. It could be about dishes. It could be about rent. It could be about, you know, you beat up my boyfriend like it literally could be about anything and as long as there is no credible threat of violence so as long as you and i feel comfortable coming to the table to talk to one another neither one of us feels like we are we are going to experience any physical harm and we feel like we can speak freely for ourselves we sit at the table and we iron out our conflicts and it's free the sessions are two hours. You can have as many sessions as you need. They don't police your language. So if you and I are sitting in there cussing each other out, like that's, if that is the way that we're navigating our conflict, that's how we navigate no conflict until we get to the point where like that part of it is not a thing anymore. And um, one of the, so you can, you can come to what we call an agreement in a mediation. So at the end of all of your sessions, you and the other person come to an agreement about how y'all want to make sure that this conflict doesn't come back. The mediators don't tell y'all what to do. They, you literally are brainstorming all of the different things that we could possibly come up with as the experts in our conflict and then you sign an agreement and then we're done and the agreement is bind it's a binding contract because you and i came up with nobody and if and we and and we had to agree with everything that was on there together so it can't be a thing on there that i say that we doing and you don't agree with it or or vice versa all mediations don't end in agreements though 
because sometimes all people need is to feel heard and understood. So if you and I are living together and we, there's some tension between us because I keep telling you to empty the cat litter and every time I tell you to do it, you wait like three or four days to do it and now we got nets in the house and all this other kind of stuff and we sit down at the table, that first session, in that conversation, you might hear me say something and you're like, oh, I didn't know that's how you felt. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm so, I'm on, I'm sorry. I won't do that to you anymore. And that's the end of the mediation. It could thirty minutes into it, and some somebody says something, and we both are like, "Is this the reason that we have?" And so it it you it literally ranges from you know things that people think are like petty, but there's nothing too petty to mediate about. Or things that are really intense. So we go into the prisons and we mediate in the prisons for people who are coming home. Um, and the research behind that shows that the first time a person mediates while they're in prison, I think their chances of recidivism are reduced by like 13%. And then each subsequent mediation they have their chances of recidivism are reduced by like 7%. So if they have 10 mediation sessions, they're not going back to jail. And they can have as many sessions as they want and as they need, talk to as many different people as they need to so that they can make plans. Because, you know, you you coming home from jail and you thinking, oh, I'm going to go live with my sister. I ain't talked to her about it, but I'm going to go live with her. And then you come home and your sister is like, you can't live here. And that creates conflict and other things that, you know, can send a person back to prison for a number of reasons. Um, We're in Baltimore City Public Schools. So we do these things called um, youth police dialogue circles, where we bring together a group of youth and a group of police for them to actually talk to one another ask each other questions and and when i say get real i mean get real with each other so that they can humanize one another so that when they see each other out on the street this is somebody that i know um and um we have parenting plan mediations so if it's some baby mama baby baby daddy you know, baby mama, baby mama, like any anything where children are involved and you want to make plans about how to best support the kids, we do mediations around that. Um, hey, God, how are you going to bring all of the kids McDonald's and not just your kid? Really? <laughs> Those people were, they were social medially brilliant. Um, and, and we um, work with the state's attorney's office. So people have the option when they go to court, um, they can be presented with the option to mediate and still go to court or mediate instead of going to court. So um, people have the option of being able to do that. We train people on conflict management. We have a whole thing that we do where we go into people's organizations and businesses and and even individuals we offer it to the community where people can learn conflict management skills because where in our lives have we ever been taught conflict management skills where 
we're taught if somebody hits you, you hit them back. That's how you that's how you manage your conflict. Um, and so it is one of the things in Baltimore City. One that I believe in Two that I think that if more people were open to. It would mitigate a lot of the violence that we experience, like I know how hard it is to make yourself vulnerable to sit down, especially with some strangers. Like, I don't know these people, you know, but the mediators are bound by confidentiality, so they can't talk about anything that you talk about in the mediation. They're neutral, non-judgmental. They're not telling any, they're not even invested in your conflict. They just want to make sure you and the other person feel heard and understood. Get y'all to the other side of your conflict. Um, when I do presentations about the mediation center, I always ask people like, what is the reason that you, you know, you, you have this resource available to you. What is the reason that you wouldn't use it? And people say a lot of different things. And so like, we have work to do on our end to chip away at those barriers. Because I promise you, I don't know anybody who has participated, like really participated in a mediation and walked away from it and was like, that was a waste of my time. Because it's just not like it is. It is one of the best kept secrets in Baltimore City, and we don't want to be a secret anymore. And as soon as you said that, I was going to ask, so how do we make this no longer a secret? Because um, especially the work that you guys are doing in schools, like that's so, you know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, but kids are so angry. Kids yeah. are angry. They got a lot to be mad about. For a lot of different reasons that, you know, unless you know this kid personally, you have no idea. That's right. So how can we make this be not such a secret? Um, one thing that Darnell says is that as, as a mediator, we're <laughs> And I think that's very important. You're not going in and saying, well, you know, this side makes more sense than that side, whatever, whatever. That yeah. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to, you know, allow them, as you said, to be heard. Because at the end, sometimes that's literally all we want to do is be heard. Is be heard. And the people at the table are the experts in their conflict. I don't have any business telling two people that I don't know what they should and should not be doing. Right. That's not my business. My business is to make sure that y'all feel heard and understood so y'all can figure out how y'all want to work this out. Because when y'all figure it out, it's going to stick. If I figure it out for y'all, it's not going to stick. Yeah. So giving so people space to and, and for them to have the autonomy to make their own decisions, especially people in conflict. Like, I need to be able to say what I do and don't want to happen. And we need to agree together about what, how we will and will not move forward. So you said that they're allowed to do multiple sessions, correct? You can have as many two-hour sessions as you need. The mediations, we are partnered with over 130 sites across the city. And so even though the mediation center is on Green Mountain 33rd, if you live in Cherry Hill, we have a site in Cherry Hill so that you can mediate in Cherry Hill. If you live in Park Heights, we have sites in Park Heights 
so that you can mediate and park heights. Like if we don't, that's one of the 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 ten um, um, tenant one of the ten tenets of mediation is that the the mediation should happen where the conflict is happening. Like you, there's no reason why if I live on Bel Air and Moravia that I should have to go to um, Roland Park to get my conflict mediated. I want to be able to mediate in my neighborhood. I want to be able to, I don't want to have to drive 25 minutes to go do that. Like that's, that's not right. And so the, the, the only caveats to it is an end mediations happen seven days a week. They are scheduled from 9 a.m. to 7 to start at 9 a.m. to all the way to 7 p.m. And um, the both parties have to agree to the date and time. Like that's that's the only thing we can't make people. So if if you and I were in a conflict and I say, well, I only want to mediate on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And you're like, Ellen, I work every Saturday at nine. We can't make you go to a mediation Saturday at nine. It has to be at a time that everybody agrees. So first of all, Ellen, we would never be in conflict that we would need. I mean, mediation. conflict is natural. Oh, it's, <laughs> right. It's natural. Well, it's the it's the conflict escalating to violence and murder that's not natural. Right, right. And I could be wrong, but I feel like if two people are at the point where they're even willing to sit down and talk, that's half the battle. Oh, yeah, it is. It that's is. half the battle to me. It is. It definitely if is. I feel like If I feel like you wronged me in any manner and I'm willing to sit down and talk to you, yep. there's a very good chance that at least no, on my, on my job, I feel like there's a very good chance that we can that we can get through it. Yeah, it's the it's the getting people to the table part, like getting people to understand that yeah. even 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 though you like right now in your conflict, you might feel unsupported. You might feel like they don't even see how this person was wrong, and they don't I, nobody understands what I went through except when you go to sit down at the table and you have you hear a mediator say to you so it sounds like you feel unsupported and you like yeah like I, yes i feel unsupported and then you say a little bit more and it's just okay so it sounds like you were looking for clarity and understanding around how the dishes get what well, like like it's some antoine it's magic in it because it's so validating for people you're like yes and 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 you know i was only screaming because i felt like he didn't hear me and it's like okay so it, it, it sounds like um you know um um getting your point across was you know that that was a priority for you like yes that is i promise you it's magic it's magic and it opens people up in this in this way like one of one of my friends I drank it. One of my friends. Um, Whatever it is you're looking for, it's gone already. <laughs> one of my friends um, told me that mediation was the most adult thing she's ever done in her life. She was beefing with this guy about some business that they had together. And they had not like beefing, but like it was tension between them. And it had been tension between them for like three years. And 
she finally, you know, after saying it to people, you know, maybe you should maybe you should go to mediation about it. She went to mediation about it and she told us it was the most adult thing she's ever done in her life. And Darnell says that, and I'm assuming he's talking about the Baltimore ceasefire team, all but one of you are mediators, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I realize that. That's what, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we, you know, Ogun is he he's he he's a public figure mastermind he got the beast not bullets thing like he he's he is in his lane doing his thing and so it's going to be a, a minute before we can actually get him to go through the training um because in order to become a mediator you have to pay for your training up front with volunteer hours because the mediation train is a 50-hour training but it's free so people don't pay to go to mediation training but the way that you pay for it is by doing a certain number of hours of volunteer work with the mediation center. And once we see, okay, this person is, is clearly committed to the process, then you can get invited to mediation training and become a mediator. Um, you know, and you go through a, a brief apprenticeship and then you start mediating. And it's it's this 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 model is one of those models that If you are, so two things, if you are open to learning a new way of thinking about things and you can train your mind to use the skill, it'll change the whole course of your life. And I promise people that it is difficult to go through this training with an open mind and not use those skills in your everyday life. It's, it's, you actually have to not you you have to consciously not use those skills in your everyday life once you've gone through the training. So this kind of sounds like you've intentionally yet unintentionally become better in your life as a result of the work that you're doing with the media. Ain't it a beautiful thing? It's magic. It's a it's it is a beautiful thing. You learn how to listen. Donnell is killing the comments section right now. I wish that he was on either the page or the YouTube so that I could bring all of his comments up um, live on the screen. I think he's actually on my personal page and you can't see the comments. Yeah. He's, he's killing it. He says, um, when you can reflect on people's feelings and values in the midst of their conflict, that's when the magic happens. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, one of the one of the um, one of our aspirations as an organization, because we recognize that black men and boys are more vulnerable to more violence living in Baltimore City than other demographics. And so what we what what our goal and what we will be doing is creating a program where we train black men and boys on how to navigate their conflict. So that 50 hour training that I told you about that you go through and you get you get all of these skills. Um, we have an idea that over the course of three years, I think it's, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna say this wrong, but it's I think it's 2000 black men and boys in Baltimore city over the course of three years for them to get conflict management and coaching skills so that when they are in the world 
they actually have the skills to be able to navigate that conflict without violence in a healthy way. And it's in a way that they don't feel devalued or disempowered and the other person that they're in conflict with don't feel like that either. Because it's one thing for me to stand strong in my conflict because I know I'm right, but then the other person feels disempowered. Like that's not that's not healthy conflict management. Yeah. But if we can manage it in a way where we both walk away with our dignity intact, you're going to watch Baltimore become a very different place. Very different place. So, yeah. And I love the passion that, that I see when you talk about that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's, I, I, I left Hopkins. I was at Hopkins for 20 I years. Yeah. I left Hopkins when Erica offered me the position. I was like, um, I mean, I just told my boss that I wasn't going nowhere. But, you know, <laughs> I, if I can get up every day and contribute to this organization becoming and existing in the fullness of the greatness of it, the, mm -hmm. like the, the fullness of its greatness, if I can contribute to that and let that be the gift that I give to the city that I love and I get paid to do it, oh, child, sign me up. Sign me up. Mm -mm, sign me up. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. I love it. All right, Ms. G, I said I was only going to keep you an hour, and I'm you 20 minutes. You know, I, we, we get to talk. We could talk. We, we could easily talk for two and a half hours. Like, I'm not going to, but we easily could. Yeah, easily, because we've done it for two. Right. Two, several times. So, but no, um, for me, the amazing part about this conversation that we just had is that I've gotten to know a lot of you that I didn't know before. Like I said, um, every time you've come, it's been, you know, like a week or so before ceasefire weekend. So that conversation is strictly ceasefire, ceasefire. Right. ceasefire. Yeah. And um, I intentionally didn't start off with the ceasefire. Right. And even when I had the chance to transition over to it, I didn't because I still wanted to get to know or wanted people to get to know, yeah. you know, Again, like I said, not the L and G that's written on the screen, but the L, the N, and the D pre. And a lot of people still don't know that. Yeah, they don't know that L and G are my initials. Right, exactly. I say that to people. Yeah. I watch that. I watch it like click in there, and they're like, "Ah, oh. yeah, like, me, baby, me, me." I, I grew up with hip hop. Like that's a that made all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. So, live, live on air, you hit me with that. I was like. Now. <laughs> But yeah, um, just keep up the good work. Keep up the you great too. work. You too. Keep up, keep up the great work. Um, we need everything that you are. We need everything that you personify. Um, my wife still talks about you to this day. My wife loves the hell out of you and Erica. My wife loves the hell out of you and Erica. My wife still talks about your birthday party. Oh, the birthday party, baby. That that 40 shorty was everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I still talk about the fact that I was on a picture with all of y'all and you. <laughs> my wife took the picture. Right, right. My wife took the picture. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that might be epic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think about it every time I ride past that building, which is yeah. not as yeah. often as I used to, but on a regular. I'm yeah. like, yo, we had we had fun that night. It was what, it was it was what I wanted that night to be. I wanted to I wanted people to leave with the like, damn, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the dope thing about it is we was on a plane to somewhere. I don't even remember where we right. were going. On a right. Plane the next morning. I was right. on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> when we woke up, we were in a different country. We had crossed the wind and everything. I was on that plane knocked out. But that's just a reflection of how much fun we had that night. So if anybody uh, is interested in getting mediation, if anyone is interested in being a mediator, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So mediation is community mediation, not to be confused with meditation because people see it and read yes. meditation. Yes. Um, On there, you can sign up to become a volunteer. If you sign up to become a volunteer, you'll um, you'll meet Sam, our amazing volunteer coordinator. She she is like she is gold. She is worth her weight in gold. Um, you can also use the website to sign up for mediations. If you want to sign up for mediations, you can use the website to donate. Um, the same way that we used to tell people, you know, tell three new people every day that a ceasefire is coming. We want to get people in the habit of asking people, you know, don't you think you need mediation for that? Like when you see people in, in conflict, I think you could use mediation for that and, 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 and make that a thing in Baltimore, something that we become known for. Um, with respect to the ceasefire, BaltimoreCeasefire.com. Um, is the website you can get all of all of the wonderful information about the movement on that website? I don't really be on Facebook like that no more. I lurk on there every once in a while. Like if if something moves me, I'll post. I post a picture to let people know that I'm still alive and I'm still cute. And <laughs> that's why I love you, yo. That right there, exactly why I love you. Yo. Yeah, but I be on TikTok, like TikTok. I, I'm, I, I shouldn't say I, I shouldn't say that I'm on TikTok. I make TikTok videos when I find a video that is that is funny that I that I would enjoy reenacting. Then I then I do TikTok. Um, but again, I've become way more recluse. You know, way more private. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's people, and 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 the way that society is going i'm a i'm gonna sit this version of society out i'm gonna sit out i'm gonna sit this version out i'm gonna I'm wait till another wave come and then i might pop back up but i'm gonna sit this version out don't know sir you be on tiktok heavy Gotta put that in cool you be on tiktok i feel like i need to get a tiktok account now so i can follow Alan. Yeah, it's uh, it's my name on TikTok is Thundercat. Um, <clears throat> my um significant other and I, he told me this joke about this older lady who, um, young man tried to hit on her or something and called her a cougar. And she was like, "Baby, I'm not a cougar. I'm a Thundercat." And I was like, "Oh, I like that. I'm a." I'm a I'm a thundercat, you know, and I'm a Leo, and so you know that's yeah, so it kind of yeah. 
Well, we have the two websites scrolling across the bottom of the screen as we speak. Thank um, you. Donnell, brother, you are the spliff star slash flavor flave to all Baltimore's <laughs> fire interviews. I'm gonna need you to be on every time. And I gotta get you up and chop it up with you, bro. I haven't had the Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Donnell, I feel like I feel I feel like Donnell is a like he's an exceptional guest. Cause you don't know what you're gonna get with him. You might get Deacon Darnell. And Deacon uh, Darnell is a you people gonna be praising the Lord. They're gonna be praising the Lord when Deacon Darnell comes for you. Might get Darnell, the the you know, the community advocate activist. And y'all think I'm passionate. Y'all ain't y'all ain't y'all ain't seen passionate till y'all see Darnell get excited about something. Like he he is he's my he's my um twin flame brother. Like we both fire signs he's an aries i'm a leo we set shit on fire when we get together so it's, it's <laughs> yeah, I've, I've connected him connected with him in public quite a few times and it's always love it's always a great time and of course um angela i've had her on the show before yeah and yeah man I gotta get a hey, d we're gonna make that happen bro i promise you you, you got my word you got my word we're gonna make that happen yeah. um i'm actually um, so, so can I, 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 I have a request and okay. when you, um, when you bring Darnell on the show, um, for you to make sure that you talk to him about fatherhood, brotherhood and, um, uh, fatherhood, brotherhood and husbandhood, mm. make sure that you talk to him about those three things. Three great um, words to be in. Yeah. Three great yeah. Now, when I get them scheduled. I'm gonna come back to you and ask you what's the three hoods because I might. That's fine. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got. We definitely make that happen. Um, I'm filling the camp, uh, the calendar for August and September right now, D. So I'll get you up, and um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely make that happen. Yeah. But um, Miss G, man, every single time. It's been amazing. Always it's fun. Been amazing. Love and I, I just I just wanna I wanna say out loud that I love you and I appreciate your obedience to um to your mission. Cause it is I know doing this, I've I've done this and it's not easy and it's not um and sometimes it can feel like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes okay. it can feel like that. It's those those times when because you have to remember not only did I have radio shows but then I started co-owning radio stations, which became a whole nother you know, and in addition to working, in addition to working ten hours you know to pay right. the bill, right? Yeah, there were many of those days when I was like. <sighs> Okay, um, so yeah, yeah. no, yeah. so I, 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 I respect you. You literally hit the nail on the head with that look. That was how yeah, because I, brother, I know, I know. So I respect and appreciate your obedience, and I love that you do this. I love that, um, you have a genuine curiosity for people and, and, and knowing them and giving people a platform to like 
that's a yeah that's that is a blessing and and you have been a blessing for this city in ways that if nobody ever said it to you before like i'm gonna say it out loud because you're not in the noise you're you're not you're not uh, no, part no, no. Of the noise. all right stop y'all get ready to make me cry yo stop <laughs> i'm serious in the, in the in the comment section yeah and you know what miss g that the great thing about what i'm doing now is because i'm doing everything virtually i've had the opportunity to connect with a lot more people in a lot broader spectrum yeah check the guest list because you list. but as i've always said baltimore is always home based so no matter how many celebrities i have the opportunity to talk to no matter how many you know people that are doing different things around the country i'm always going to show love to my city That's like right. always you know what i'm saying like and I'm always going to rep the city wherever I go. That's um, right. And because I love the city so much and I, I have a true belief of what the city can be. That's right. Um, it was those times when I was in other cities and people were talking about the wire and the drugs and the murders and all of that stuff all the time. I hated hearing it, but I love the fact that that became Baltimore Flavor Radio because I needed to right. show people more to our city to, than just That's that. Right. That's for right. To, for it to move to this point now, yeah. Um, pretty much like you said with uh, your work at the mediation center, when you can just get up and just do something that you love and know yeah. and feel like you're making a difference. That's all that matters to me, you know. Yeah. I make a few dollars here and there, you know. You know, no, I make you a know. few dollars here and there, but to get some cheese on it, you know, I ain't mad about that. <laughs> I can supersize it when I go to McDonald's every now and then, you know what I mean. You know, I get it. You know, a check that pops up. You know, every now and then, I'd be like, "Whoa, I didn't know that many people was." But right. at the end of the day, you know, if I never make a penny doing this, you know, as long as I can continue to represent the city in a positive way, I'm gonna do it. So that's right. You always know that the door is open. <clears throat> yes, sir. Anytime. It doesn't just have to be a ceasefire weekend. You know. You had to invite me because I promise you, I'm not. It's okay. not. It's not gonna, you know when you when when you call I come. So we might, have to, we might have to make it a quarterly thing, you know. We can do that. Yeah, but, we definitely can do that. Ah, because then the ceasefire. So it'll have to be off ceasefire quarters. That's fine. It's and, know, and listen, it, it don't matter. It don't it's there are there are so many like it's spirituality. Right. I'll be I'll be um in it like actually in into therapy by then and have some epiphanies about that, like and it's funny that you mentioned spirituality because that was something that I had planned on getting to tonight, but we'll get to that on another one. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I appreciate you. The love is reciprocated tenfold as well. Um, and you know the door is always open, man. So, yes, sir. Thank um, you so much. And Baltimore Ceasefire Weekend again is? August the 5th, 6th, and 7th. It starts 12th. A.M. on Friday and ends 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. If somebody gets killed during a ceasefire weekend, it is important for us as a city to wrap that family in love because we were collectively doing everything that we could to try to avoid that murder. So we want to celebrate life and have a balance of support for people in the city if they're hurting. Are you, just before we get out of here, are you still doing the sacred spaces 
rituals. I work? have not been doing sacred space rituals lately. I told, when I told you I went in a house. I be <laughs> gotcha. But but and and people can request them. So if somebody okay. they um, are available by request. If somebody wants, um, and we have ceasefire ambassadors who do sacred space rituals as well. Okay. So, I will never forget the one. I can't remember the neighborhood you were in. I want to say it was up in the Park Heights area that you guys were in, and you had all of the little kids out there sitting around that. That got me. That was actually Poplar Grove. Poplar Grove, okay. That was Poplar Grove near Poplar Grove on Emerson Avenue. A girl got killed, and the kids just came outside and sat on the ground with us with the sage, and yeah. they were praying. And yeah. they people can say what they want about Baltimore, but you see that change it'll change your life. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, yeah, that was that was gut wrenching. But mm-hmm. in a good way, right? But anyway, yeah, because we're um, we gonna be till later. So, yeah. thank you so much. Appreciate everybody that tuned in. Arnell, Sis Marie, Pudding. Um, hey, Pudding. I kind of believe that we're gonna have a an acapellas and acoustic segment. We could actually get Miss G up here to spit some bars and take care of that, but. Um, if I don't get one pre-recorded uh, by this time tomorrow, then I will just play another uh, replay on Friday. But at some point in July, we're going to get back to having some new ones. So I just got to get people's schedules, you know, coincided. But um, we'll be back next Monday. Oh, shout out to my sister, Lenia Renee. How can I go without shouting her out? And I want to give an update real quick. Uh, the last show that we did, which was last Monday, um, I was on here and I was talking about a young brother by the name of Colin Hubbard, who at that point had been missing uh, for four days in oh, the park. Um, ex-church member of mine. Uh, he was found and returned home safely to his family, I believe, that following Tuesday. Amazing. Around there. Um, we were actually, <laughs> my wife was funny. I had my wife print up some flyers, some of the missing flyers. And we were about to go up and down the Bel Air Road corridor out to Parkville um, when we got the report that he would return home. And my wife was like, yeah. Y'all gonna use these damn flights! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna use these damn flights! And his mom was like, Bring him to me, and we'll like wallpaper his room or something. With right, right, right. Be like, Boy, don't do this stuff no more. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, pre- you know, thankfully, that young man returned home, and um, that didn't end. The way that my spirit felt right. like it and at the end of the day so i put that out there and say um colin we we love you bro you know i used to be a 14 year old i know yeah. what goes the minds of 14 year olds so you know and it's um, rough for them in 2022 yeah, i would not is. want to be any age but the age that i am right now yeah it is and and as i told a couple people l i was like because you know, in, in situations like that, people always want to ask questions. And I was like, for me, the why he left, the where he was, that didn't matter. Like, that's not any know, of our business. Yeah, if if you know, if at some point I'm having a conversation with him, or you know, a member of his family, and that information is given to me, that's fine. But right. at that particular time, that information didn't matter. My only concern was bringing that young man home safely. Right. And, He's home. 
And that's all that matters. We out of here. I love you, L. I love you too. Hey, bro, don't let him get you for your 77. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sis. So I appreciate you, man. Love you much. Have a good one. Have a good one. <laughs> don't let him get you for your 77. I say I appreciate everybody that checked in today, man. Um, I will be back next Monday with a brand new show. Um, I love you guys, man. And even though it's not a ceasefire weekend, I've been saying this for a while. Baltimore, put the damn guns down, man. We need to stay safe. I love you guys. We are.